0: Welcome to the QNS podcast. Each episode, we take a look back at the week in Queens news. I'm Jacob Kay.
1: And I'm Angelica Acevedo. Today on the show, we're taking to the skies and talking about the LaGuardia Redevelopment Project. We speak with two representatives from the Port Authority that let us know about some of the recent developments regarding the project. We'll also speak with Nuola O'Derry Naranjo. She's an advocate for the Jackson Heights community where she's lived for nearly two decades.
0: Folks, the runway to the show is clear, so if you could, uh, please fasten your seatbelts. Uh, we'll be ticking off momentarily.
1: I apologize for Jacob and the turbulence ahead.
0: The LaGuardia Redevelopment Project is a big one. It has an $8 billion price tag, and it's expected to go until 2026. But it's also an important undertaking. LaGuardia is one of three major airports in the region and one of Queen's most notable residents. However, it lacks a reliable public transit option to get to and from the airport. Its flights are some of the most delayed in the country and customers frequently complain about the facilities. But the project is making progress. Just last month, a newly redeveloped Terminal C opened. The new terminal has great views of City Field, and Flushing Bay. It has new restaurants, bars, new stands, a nursing room, and a lot more.
1: But one of the most contentious aspects of the redevelopment is the LaGuardia air train. The plan is to have the above ground train run from Willits Point, where it would connect with the 7 train and the Port Washington Long Island Railroad to and from LaGuardia. However, some residents of the neighborhood communities like Corona and Jackson Heights say the Port Authority, that's who's in charge of the redevelopment, hasn't been a good enough neighbor. For their part, though, Port Authority says they've done continued outreach and even changed the air train plans after community input told them to do so. So today, we have both sides.
0: We have a conversation with Nula Odorti Naranjo, a community leader from Jackson Heights who also happens to be running for the Assembly seat currently held by the 16-year incumbent Michael Dendecker. And then we speak with Larry Gallegos and Hirsch Parek. Larry is the Community Outreach Manager for the LaGuardia Redevelopment Project, and Hirsch is the Director of Government and Community Relations for Aviation Redevelopment at the Port Authority. We start, though, with Nula.
1: Welcome to the show, Nula O'Doarty Naranjo.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me on.
1: So what are your biggest concerns about the air train?
2: Well, I think before we talk about the air train, we've got to talk about the fact that LaGuardia is like an important neighbor. And I want to make sure that everyone in the neighborhood understands that. We understand this is bigger than our neighborhood concerns that we need LaGuardia, we need the airport, this is important, but if you live next door to an airport, <laughs> it comes with a lot of drawback, especially an airport that's being rebuilt on the same footprint. And so for years now, we've dealt with the noise, the vibrations, the jet fuel, the traffic, and now with all the construction, we're dealing with uh, more vibrations, building, the amount of dust uh, and it's been really hard living next to this major construction site that also has planes going in and out of it (laughs) 24-7 the context of this is is that we feel like we give so much to LaGuardia especially if you live under its flight path (laughs) um, that it's kind of harsh when they don't listen to you at all (laughs) and we ask basically that they just be good neighbors And actually have a dialogue with us. And not a fake dialogue, a real dialogue, which they haven't had at all. But I guess to answer your question Mm -hmm. about what the air train means uh, for this community, the whole metrics are wrong. The way the builders of the air train look at this is all from the perspective of a person flying in and out of LaGuardia. They take absolutely no consideration for the neighbors around it. So when they measure things, all they measure is... How will this affect the traffic at LaGuardia? How will this affect people going in and out of LaGuardia, going to Midtown and back? They never think about the fact that LaGuardia is also in a neighborhood. So for example, if we increase bus service, it shouldn't just be directly to LaGuardia and back. We could also increase bus service that would help the neighborhood. If we increased subway service to LaGuardia, that would actually help subway service in the city. And they don't even consider that metric, which is kind of insulting to neighbors who been, I think, good neighbors to them for years.
1: How can the Port Authority and LaGuardia be a better neighbor?
2: So, the first issue is the way this process worked was Port Authority spent millions and millions of dollars developing this huge plan for the air train, right? They, I mean, to the point where they did, they signed memorandums of understanding with parks and city agencies uh, to build this. And then, after they spent all these millions of dollars, they show up at the community board and say, okay, we're the FAA now, uh, we're, although Port Authority is completely funding the FAA. We're going to do this review of all the different options. And I said it at the community board meeting. This is ridiculous. Port Authority submits this million-dollar research plan, and they're going to compare that to me at my community board meeting, like, I'd like to consider an extension of the N ent- train to LaGuardia. And they're like, oh, yes, we will equally consider that. $1 million research plan, am I taking a subway map and taking a crayon and drawing the N extending to LaGuardia? That is not a fair comparison. The fact that they never sat down with MTA, and I'm talking about years back, and say, MTA, we need to improve transportation to here. Let's develop a really good plan about how we could expand bus service or subway service to LaGuardia. They've never done that. They've never actually sat down with the MTA and kind of said, how would this work if we worked together? Which is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And a lot of that is because of that metric, that they're only thinking about how best do I take care of the one passenger flying in and out, not the community around the airport, as well as those going in and out of the airport. So at the last meeting, they came in and they said, oh, to build a subway would be really hard and it would disrupt things. And I'm like, Yeah, of course. Whenever you build a subway in a city, that's going to be hard and disrupt things. Oh, well, therefore, since it's causing disruption, we're not going to consider it. But they never think, oh, by the way, the community, not only the airport press, but the community around it would really like to have more subway service. So therefore, there's a positive and a negative. They just looked at the negative. So the fact that uh, it was clear from me as an observer to this process and someone who tried to be involved in it, They had their plan, they were gonna go with the plan, and that's all they were ever gonna consider.
1: As part of being better neighbors, the Port Authority has been asked to renovate the Flushing Bay Promenade. How do you feel about that?
2: Sure, I mean, if they wanna give us a give back, I'll take a give back, but I still think that I'm still kinda sore saying that they they never even pretended to listen to us as a community. Um, The reality is, is the airport brings a lot of issues to our neighborhood. And they don't give back equally. Uh, look, if they put a couple million dollars into the promenade, that's great. But it really does not in any way give back to what they're going to do. I don't know if any of you ever take the 7 train. But the mm-hmm. fact that the 7 train is going to be even more crowded than it is now is just ridiculous. Um, because the air train is going to bring all these people to the 7 train. The fact they give us a couple thousand dollars to you know paint and spruce up the promenade does not – make me sufficiently happy.
1: So going forward, what do you and your group, what do you want to advocate for? What kind of alternatives or better way?
2: What I would like to see them do is truly look at some of the alternatives. Um, So we went to the FAA meeting last week, and they basically just disregarded all of these other options based on these criteria, and the criteria were all skewed for the Airtrain. I see the Airtrain as a billion-dollar boondoggle. I don't think it will actually help anyone to bring them all out to Met's Willett Point, where the reality is, is our bus service isn't so bad. And there's all sorts of ways to increase the bus service. And I think that should be a temporary measure until we get the gold standard. And Everyone agrees what the gold standard is. The gold standard is a single seat subway ride for $2 and 75 cents to LaGuardia. And I think you ask anyone if that's what you want, they would say yes. Now, Is that expensive? Yes. Is it difficult? Yes. Will it take time? Yes. But is it possible? Absolutely. And the way it's possible is looking at congestion pricing and the fact that the MP is going to have an influx of funds and having a longer term solution rather than this outdated technology of this air train that only serves people who go in and out of LaGuardia.
1: Thanks so much for talking to us.
2: Thanks for having me on to talk about LaGuardia Airport. Uh, It's an important neighbor here in Jackson Heights, and we'd love to have great transportation to it.
1: For the other side, here's our conversation with Port Authority representatives Larry Gallegos and Hirsch Parekh.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. Welcome to
1: you both.
3: Thanks for having
4: us. This is Larry Gallegos, I'm the community outreach manager for the Laguardia Redevelopment Project. Thank
0: you again for having us as
4: well. My name is Hirsch Parekh. I'm the Director of Government and Community Relations for Aviation Redevelopment at the Port Authority. And both Larry and I are proud Queens natives, and we're very excited about this redevelopment and excited to talk about it with you and with all your listeners. Thank you.
0: Why was was LaGuardia in need of redevelopment?
4: So this is Hirsch. Um, LaGuardia, as I think most people know, um, is, is the worker horse airport for the Port Authority. It really is situated on just over 600 acres of land, very small footprint, but really one of the busiest airports in the country. And any traveler that has been through LaGuardia will tell you that it did not represent New York well. They did not have a positive experience traveling through LaGuardia, whether it was leaking roofs or whether it was just old facilities or way poor wayfinding former Vice President Biden compared LaGuardia to a to a third world country and that's not something that We as New Yorkers Larry and I as Queens residents, you know, think that we deserve and You know to Governor Cuomo's credit back in 2015 He um, you know he kicked off the planning to really redevelop LaGuardia by impaneling a blue ribbon committee to look at what can be done to make it an airport for the 21st century and one that we deserve as New York. And, um, you know, that was in 2015. We, in 2016, we um, broke ground on the first terminal, Terminal B. And then in 2017, we broke ground on the second terminal, Terminal C. And we've seen incredible progress since then, opening up the first concourse just last year, opening up the second concourse just last month, And we're going to see continued milestones for a brand new LaGuardia, you know, over the next number of years. So it's really delivering the airport that New York deserves, that New Yorkers expect, and making sure that our front door is the best it can be.
0: And could you talk me through the completed vision uh, for LaGuardia?
4: The completed vision is essentially every passenger, every customer facility at the airport is being torn down and rebuilt except for... The Marine Air Terminal on the west side, which is a historic landmark, which we obviously want to preserve as well. Um, But otherwise, every customer facility is being torn down and rebuilt. We have new parking garages, new terminals, new concourses, new roads. And something that had not existed previously is a brand new central hall that connects Terminal B and Terminal C so that it is one seamless connection of the entire airport. We're also moving the airport 600 feet closer to the Grand Central Parkway so that there is more taxiway space on the air side So that can help reduce travel delays when flights are landing or taking off. And then the last piece of this is really improving access to the airport, not just with improved roadway network, but really um, building a mass transit connection, the air train to the airport as well. And LaGuardia is really, it's the only airport on the East Coast, the only major airport on the East Coast that does not have that mass transit connection. And it's something that we believe, as the Port Authority, is really vitally needed. It's going to help take cars off the road. It's going to um, really be an environmentally friendly project. Mass transit is environmentally friendly. It's also going to help make the airport a more sustainable airport. Again, not just with the air train, but the terminals are all going to be lead Silver certified as a minimum. And really, you know, looking at it from the environmental point of view, just doing everything we can to be more environmentally responsible at the airports.
0: And I, I think like a lot of the the backlash that we've seen has been about uh, not so much the air train itself but the process of um, you know coming up with a plan for the air train. What community outreach have you guys done? how have you engaged the community in this process?
3: Well I mean this is hey this is Larry. So we are, we are very, very active with community outreach. I mean, prior, we, what we do is we reach out, we visit all the community organizations, organizations quarterly. In addition to going to like the community boards, the civic organizations, we're out with mobile office hours, um, we're out at all different types of events, whether that be street fairs, you know, we have, we, just to answer any questions, concerns that people have. I mean, in addition to that, we're trying to, you know, invest in the surrounding communities, be, be very, very present to ensure that. Not only are we visible, but they see that we're not just necessarily that airport that's in the community, but we're part of the community. We're like a, we're we're a neighbor. And, I mean, and, and, and to be honest, like we've been told by members of the community, you know, as far as community outreach is concerned, you guys you guys are there. You do a great job. You know, we've been complimented on several occasions for for the community outreach we do. Um, you know, the backlash that you mentioned a little bit earlier, I think. I mean, it can be attributed to nimby, nimbyism. You know, um, the process. I mean, it. The FAA had a had a meeting last week where. They did over, I think, the most alternatives ever done for for a project of this sort, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So, yeah, the
4: outreach has been pretty extensive. I mean, I don't think that's something that the community would ever give us grief about. So, I've been on this project, on the LaGuardia Redevelopment, working on it since 2015. Um, Prior to my role here at the Port Authority, I was the Queens Regional Representative in Governor Cuomo's office. So, this has been part of my portfolio for the last four plus four plus four and a half years. So from the beginning, we made it a point to proactively reach out to community boards, civic associations, block associations, um, street fairs, et cetera, to really inform and educate communities about what is happening at the airport. And and like Larry mentioned, we go out multiple times every year to um, update and answer questions and really take that feedback and incorporate it into what we're doing. And and we we've done you know that has manifested itself in a lot of the community development initiatives that we have are announced, which we can get to in, in a moment. But working looking specifically at the air train, um, there has been a very extensive community engagement process by both the Port Authority and the FAA. Um, I won't speak for the FAA, but I can speak from the Port Authority's perspective. Um, there was some major input that the community had in regards to our analysis of what worked for the air train a good a very good example is our initial preferred route had the air train going down the median of the grand central parkway which as is with the jfk air train goes goes down the median of the van wyck expressway we heard loudly and clearly from the community and from the elected officials that the median route um, is really not preferable for them. And they suggested to us looking at the promenade alignment. This came, this feedback, this suggestion came directly from the community board and the civic and the block association. And that's what we did. We went back to our analysis and we um, looked at doing something along the promenade instead, which is where we are today.
0: We spoke with someone earlier um, who You know, I think she she felt like her voice hadn't been heard. She's a resident of Jackson Heights. She's, uh, like, an outspoken community member. She felt that there were better alternatives, be it to extend the N line or the R line. She thought the best alternative would be to have a subway line go direct to LaGuardia as opposed to having an air train, Um, and she felt like her voice wasn't being heard. So what would you you say to someone uh, like that?
3: Well, I mean, this is Larry again. The FAA looked at over 47 alternatives. They, had, they, had, they were very, very open and receptive to all these you know, to, to suggestions from the community. Uh, they had these scoping meetings for folks to provide any input and feedback that they had. In addition to that, the Port Authority did its own alternative analysis prior to, to any of this, where we looked at all the different routes and we highlight the reasons as to why this is the best route that has the, the least impact on the surrounding communities. And that's, that's on our website at newlga.com, which we have, you know, been promoting and telling folks to take a look at for, for a very long time.
4: If you look at both the FAA's analysis as well as the Port Authority's analysis with, with regards to the NW extension, which many people have been suggesting, there's really some fatal flaws with that option. Um, one of which is to come in from the west of the airport, we have an active runway where planes are taking off and landing, um, and to come in elevated above that runway, and pardon the pun, but that would not fly. Um, It's something that would have some really, some major height restrictions, um, and it it wouldn't be able to connect to terminals B and C, which is where 90% of our customer traffic flies through. The other option that folks had suggested was you know, if you can't go above the runway, why not dig below the runway? And again, that's something that both we looked at as the Port Authority and the FAA also looked at independent of us. And again, both analyses showed that there are some major utilities underground in that area, whether it's sewage or electric or water or or you name it, and to, to dig underground would result in some major disruptions to the surrounding communities with regards to those utilities. Um, another thing I think that sometimes folks don't um, realize is that with the NW extension, depending on where it comes from, if you're going to build a spur off the existing train, you would also really have to disrupt service on the NW lines um, at you know peak travel times, at weekends, at nights, really at any time of the day. So like I said, there are some real fatal flaws that um, are associated with um, the NW extension. And with regards to someone saying that their voice may not have been heard, again, I, I encourage anyone and everyone to participate in the FAA's process. It is a very open and transparent process. Um, they have some community meetings coming up in January. Again, it's on the FAA's website. And additionally, we as the Port Authority have been to um, the community boards around the airport multiple times to really get that feedback, to get that input, and to explain our decision making to how we got to where we did. yeah, and, and, and look to add to that, we we
3: are we try to maintain a very, very consistent and constant presence in the community. I mean, we would go there. we make sure I provide my personal cell phone number to everybody, you know, as do the rest of our colleagues here. And we want to make sure that folks have have a voice in this process. I mean, because, like I said earlier, I'm I'm from this community, you know, and like that's part of the reason why I want to be a part of this program and this redevelopment because it, this this is historic. I mean, to be able to drive by one day and say, "Hey, you know what? I played a little part in this is something that's going to I'm going to be able to look back and tell my kids, you know, as a kid from Jackson Heights and East Elmhurst, it's, this is this is amazing what's happening right now." I mean, you look you look at LaGuardia and it's it's the gem of, of the country from an aviation standpoint. You know, so so we want to make sure that folks in the community are as involved in this process as possible. I mean, like realistically looking at it, we, I, I feel we've gone above and beyond what, what most org, you know, agencies, organizations do when they're doing major projects like this. And we want to continue to do more. And we're, we're investing in the surrounding communities as well. I mean, you look at the programs that we have going on, like, for example, we have a, a partnership with Vaughn College, where we provided last, last year six full four-year scholarships to kids from the surrounding communities. In addition to the scholarships they got paid internships during the summer and guaranteed job placement with the Port Authority upon graduation. I mean that's unheard of. If you go no student debt you have a guaranteed job and there's no commitment. So if the student gets their degree and does not want to work for the Port Authority, good for them. They can take their degree and go elsewhere. You know it's something that we're we're trying very, very hard and working very, very diligently to ensure that folks know, hey, you know what, we're here for you, we're invested in this community, we want to continue to do whatever is necessary. That's why we make sure to get to all these meetings, get feedback from them, ask them, you
4: know, what do you want to see us do? We have been working incredibly hard to help Queens residents get jobs on airport or tied to the redevelopment. We spent about $1.4 million last year to create a brand new Council for Airport Opportunities office in Corona at Elmcor Youth and Senior Services as a place where local residents can come to learn about job opportunities, apply for job opportunities, get trainings that they need. And I think we're, um, I'm especially proud to say that in the last 12 to 14 months with our new concourses that have opened with the CAO office, there have been almost 400 new people hired for these jobs from Queens, and these are good-paying jobs that you know are going to reach $19 an hour in the next few years. It's an incredible thing to say that not only are we building a new airport, we are helping local residents find jobs, and we're helping local businesses get access to contracting opportunities. As of the end of August, we've spent almost 1.4 billion dollars, that's worth a B billion dollars, on MWBE contracts. And we've spent almost half a billion dollars, almost $500 million on contracts with local Queens-based businesses. I mean, we've made a concerted effort to make sure that not only are we building a new airport, we are investing in the people and in the businesses that surround our airport.
0: Thank you so much for talking to us today, guys.
4: It is our pleasure. Thanks for having us. And we look forward to uh, continuing our community outreach and building the best airport we can. Thank you. Yeah,
3: thanks for having us. Really excited about this.
1: So you'll probably be busy with family and friends this week since Thanksgiving is on Thursday, but if you still want to know what you can do around Queens, we've got you covered. Brush off your best white and neon clothes and come dance away the holiday scaries at the Black Friday Black Light Party. The party will be complete with black lights, glow-in-the-dark face painting, glow sticks, and of course, glowing headphones. The party is on November 19th at 10 p.m. at Catch Astoria. Admission is $20 online and $25 at the door. Come out to Steinway Street's first ever holiday market on Saturday, November 30th, and Sunday, December 1st. Even Santa Claus will make an appearance. The market will be located at 3130 Steinway Street. It starts at 10 a.m. and ends at 4.30 p.m. on both days. Admission is free. Swing by Bohemian Hall to snag that perfect handmade gift for your loved ones at the Astoria Market on December 1st, 8th, and 15th. At all three events, there will be a full house of fantastic vendors where you'll find art, jewelry, Toys, body care, and much more. There's also going to be lots of food offered by Grandma's Kitchen, which includes a variety of homemade soups, assorted platters, and homemade apple strudel. The event starts at noon and runs until 6 p.m. Admission is free.
0: That's our show. Thanks so much for tuning in. And be sure to head to QNS.com for more Queens news. This episode was produced by me, Jacob Kay. Was co written and co hosted by Angelica Acevedo and me. Our reporters are Jenna Bag Call, Emily Davenport, Carlotta Muhammad, Bill Perry, Max Parrott, and Angelica. Our editor is Zach Gawelb, music by Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is brought to you by Schneps Media.